Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. The date is Tuesday, July 30th. And, uh, John, since we last spoke, mm-hmm. um, Wisconsin decided to go ahead and get a head start on losing games in the years 2024 and 2025 by scheduling a home-and-home home with Alabama. That. I want to start off by saying I'm actually sort of impressed that they want to just chalk up two L's this far ahead. And like you're sort of improving your strength of schedule right off the bat. Like they're getting that big 10 college football playoff, like must have out of the way right off the bat where it's like, Hey, they lost, but it was to a good team. Yeah. Um, no points for you, Wisconsin in scheduling someone in, that you'll play in August when it's 80 degrees in Wisconsin. So you get no points for using your uh, weather to your advantage. Yep. So bad start. <laughs> um, let's see. Bama pretty much already locked up the number one recruiting class for 2025. I don't care that they're doesn't matter that they're six year. Yeah, they're sixth grade. That's but, fine. But to be fair, a lot of the Wisconsin commits for that class are um, well through puberty right now. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> they've they they are corn fed, as they say, already. Well, sh- and we have plenty of time for Bama to back out. I was going to say, what are the odds if you had to? We'll do another over under later, but like, what is the over under on percentage that that either of these games actually happen? Mm, I got to think like, well, Saban won't be there. That's Correct. my bet. OK, that's fair. Yeah. There's no chance he's there. If Saban isn't there, they play the games. <laughs> OK. If Saban's there, he's listen. They already told him like his AD, who is his quote boss, not his boss, not his boss, was like, "Hey, we we scheduled this thing," and he was like, "That literally means nothing. That is not <laughs> happening, and I will deal with that in a few years." Yeah, future future Saban will handle this issue. I will veto this later. Yeah, that he just doesn't care. Like it doesn't matter to him right now. Dude, remember when we had their home and home? Michigan State scheduled with Bama, and thank God Alabama. I was going to say out. there might that might be the single greatest thing to happen to Michigan State's football program. Oh boy, we were like th- three we, and nine. We've seen that year, right? Oh yeah, they might have scored eighty points. Well, we've they might have scored hundred. We've seen our best teams yeah. give it a shot. I mean, all you got to know is that in two full games against Alabama. Mark D'Antonio's teams have mustered hey, hey, hey. 10 points, right? Seven. Seven? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. Ugh. So here's, here. we're not going to talk about, That's... hey, Wisconsin, you made a mistake. You thought you wanted Bama. We're here to tell you, you don't. You don't. 
That's been our unified message for as long as we've done this podcast is you think you want family. You think you want things in life, and then you get them, and you realize this is just a huge mistake. You think you want to try meth because you hear the high is incredible, (laughs) but then you try meth and you die. And you're like, yeah, I'd go to space. (laughs) And you remember rockets explode all the time. This is a bad idea. Mistakes were made. Yeah, so uh, Wisconsin – the, the loser of the weekend. Other schedules were released. Yes, in different sports. Hoops. Basketball. Michigan State, we'll focus on our team now. Yeah, we're back. Uh, not, the rest of the non-con schedule is released. Big thanks to Kevin Pauga. As always. He's a stud at this. He's so good at scheduling, seriously, Yeah. that you know he, got, he just recently had a conference, like talking about the His science behind it. I don't know. Yeah. He's, I wonder, did, did he invite Joe Rexroad to tell everybody what time the games were at? It was a big miss. Meta. If you didn't. Meta. Meta Michigan State joke there. If, if you're if you're new, Joe Rexrode, RIP in peace. He's not yeah. actually dead. He just works for the Tennessean. Uh, but we miss him a lot. Uh, <laughs> like Twitter had just started. Yes. And <laughs> every time a March Man, Michigan State made March Madness, people always ask Rexrode right after the games that are announced. You know, they don't release the times for like. <laughs> <laughs> they do not tell the beat writers the times for like 12 hours at least. Oh, man. His mentions, it became Poor a running guy. joke because people kept being like, Joe, what time are the games? Joe, what time are the games? And he just people fed, still do it. He fed the beast at the time, was like, I don't know, and responded to everybody rather than just ignoring. Well, like and most, then it became a thing. You, know, you, you, gotta, you gotta treat it like any other middle school situation. You, right. can't, you can't say, don't do this. Right. Now we're all gonna do it. So if if you feel like it, Feel free to ask him what times these games are and tell him that we sent you. Sent you. <laughs> so here's the non-con schedule. We actually went through this a couple weeks ago, but we'll touch on it really quickly. The big ones we knew. Yes. Okay, so we knew the Champions Classic um, at Madison Square Garden against a very good Kentucky team. The Gavit Games, which is the Big East against the Big Ten at Seton Hall. They have an All-American. Uh, so that'll be a great game. ACC Big Ten Challenge versus Duke at home. Mm. Duke actually playing a road game. It'll still let that sink in. Get ready for weeks of ESPN promos on that one. Um, Maui Invitational, Virginia Tech, probably Georgia, and then most likely Kansas, also a top five ranked team. Those are the big ones. Those are the exciting ones. But there are six other games, new ones that uh, just came out. We start with an exhibition against Albion. Fun part of this game, Cassius versus his brother. So his brother, Zachary, um, he was a freshman last year. So he'd be a sophomore. He averaged uh, 2.6 a game, um, 84% free throw shooter. Strong free throw. Don't let him get to the line. Got, yeah, I don't know. That's he seems like a good kid. The rest Wait. of the stats aren't jumping out at me, but um, friend of the family. Absolutely, it would be a really cool thing for for both and his entire family. Um, I believe he. Let's see. His list. He likes to talk and learn about others. And their everyday lives. Cool. That's on his bio. Hey. We should reach out and see if he wants to be on. Hey, Zach? Yeah. If you want to come on the pod, you're welcome. Let's find him. Come on in. We'd love to talk to you about our lives. Well, and Cassius's. And Cassius's. I, I think that's where the listeners might care a touch more. We'll see. Doesn't matter. We'll do a poll. We don't care. Uh, who else do we got? Um, oh, we're playing um, everyone in Michigan. Yes. Except for Central. Celebrate like. the state. Eastern. They might be the worst team in the MAC. They don't have actual fans, do they? Mm, they all root for Michigan. Right, right. If you're a diehard EMU fan, shout out. Yeah, I mean, do you remember? The, I, I feel so bad. Do you remember 
they've made a respectable football team. Okay. I'm not, just cool. stay with me here. When they just, like, this was a couple years ago. Do you remember their first game? They were going to run out on the field, but they built a, a bunch of bricks. Yes. And then they had their guys, like, with with sledgehammers yeah. to break through it. And it was taken way too long. <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah, there's nothing nothing they could do smarter than have your guys break down some bricks right before a football game. So, like, your strongest guys were now exhausted. Yeah, the O-line whipped right <laughs> off the bat. It was, on, it was number one on ESPN's Not Top Ten. And I, they, I don't no idea why they're the Eagles. Like, in what world are you knocking down stones? I think it says everything you need to know about the Eastern Michigan Athletic Department. <laughs> what are you that thinking? is just, it's it's so good. And then they called themselves the Factory of, 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 of what? what? Factory of sadness. <laughs> of poop. Of poop. So then they play. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Western Michigan. Also not great. Another basketball powerhouse. It haven't been the same since David Cool graduated. Yeah. Remember him? I remember the name. He was, he was really commit. good. He was an MSU commit, and then he tore his, his uh, ACL uh, senior year. I, remember, I do remember him. He's he was good. He basketball. Yeah. And he's all-time leading scorer at Western. Shouts out. And that's Western Michigan basketball. Still have Oakland. Love that one. They Always don't, happens. I don't think. I, th- I think the Campy. game the game when Denzel was out where they lost mm. in overtime – Probably took it from this is fun. We always compete to yeah. what the hell is happening. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? I got to tell you, Greg Campy, a, a pod fave. Huge fave. Big, uh, big fan. Loves to sweat. You know who I would pay a ton of money to listen to? He and Mike Leach doing a podcast together. They would. It would just be them each talking. <laughs> Like About just two separate things. Yeah, like, but they would still like it have the cadence of a conversation, but it would be too completely different subjects ignoring each other every time he'd be talking for 30 like michael each be talking for 30 seconds about like spacecrafts and pirates you switch over to greg campy and he's talking about i don't know like they living in the mountain the adirondacks for some period of time or something they both ran out of uh f words to give a long time ago yeah we love them and that's why they're both doing great things. You know, actually, they have a really good kid coming back, a post player. You remember um, Hill Mays? Xavier Hill Mays, yes. Yeah, he averaged 18 a game last year. Couldn't he have been a grad transfer, but he decided to come back or something like that? I believe he could. They would have been really good because of Cumberland. Yes. Who is um, a grad transfer, transferred to Cincinnati. Mm. He was one of the best grad transfers, transfers on the market. Yep. Rumored to be going to Michigan, and then... Mr. Beeline skipped town because mm. he couldn't beat Izzo. Well, you got to get to Cleveland. When you get the offer to coach the Cleveland job. Cavaliers, you just got to take it. Destination job, you ask me. So, got Oakland on the schedule. Um, Charleston Southern, I got to admit, I didn't see this one coming. Yeah, that's sort of out of nowhere. Uh, awesome location for a school. That's about it. Charleston, South Carolina, a wonderful place. Fortunately, it's a home game. Mm. So I don't think we're going to be making the... Well, I'd just like to point out things about our opponents from time to time. Uh, top team of the Big South last year, so... Well, one of. One of. No. One of the top teams. So, uh, you know, it does always sort of scary to schedule schools like this where they... I don't really know anything about them as a program, but if they were one of the better teams in their conference, yeah. you know they're going to be motivated to come up and play what will probably be a top, at worst, five team at that moment. Probably, depending on when this game is, maybe even you know top two or three. Um well, it's exciting because it's the first time we've ever played them. Yeah. So we, we're going to learn about them 
a lot more before now. Be nice to be nice to the fans that come to the game. Absolutely. If they're, I mean, I wouldn't come to Michigan. No, I wouldn't either. I'm just saying in case. You know, there's one of everything. Fair. Here's the worst team we may have ever played. We're playing Binghamton. (laughs) Hmm. I'm telling you right now, this might be one of the worst teams in Division One next year. Uh, Do you think we'll beat them by more or less than we beat Michigan that one time? When it was like 111 to 60. It'll be similar. Awesome. And I think we're going to see... The, the funny thing about this upcoming team for Michigan State, it's like there's not a ton of like really walk-on-y bench situation. Like we're 11 deep strong. Yeah, like the second unit's going to get a lot of burn and it'll still be a blowout. It's not going to be great. This is not going to be a situation where... Yeah, I mean, we there are a couple walk-ons, yeah. but like they're still going to be paired with like Gabe Brown. I was going to say this might be a Gabe Brown like thirty-five shot. <laughs> Izzo like pulls him off. Pull the court. me, I dare yeah. you. I dare you. You want to put Henry out there because he'll <laughs> drop even yeah. more. Good luck, bud. So there you have it. That's the schedule. That's the non-con. So I got to tell you, prop bet time. Okay. That's eleven non-con games. We're not going to count Albion. Okay, fair. Over under nine and a half wins. Huh. Well, this is tough. It's tough because in order to get there, in order to get to nine and a half, uh, assuming you win. Feeling good about the ones we just I was going to say, feeling real good about those. Take those as five. You're going to have to beat th- I'm three of the four of, assuming we play Georgia and Kansas, you're going to have to beat three of the four at least. Well, no, yeah, no, it would have to be probably something like that. Kentucky, Seton Hall, Duke, and Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to win three or four. In all likelihood. So if you take the five that we just read, assume Virginia Tech, assume Georgia, that's seven. So yeah, you got to win three of yep. four. Sorry, just math's tough for me. What's going on? Uh, I'll say over. Okay. With I think we lose one game, and I who is it? Don't know. Uh, it's either Kentucky or Kansas. Okay. I don't know which one because I don't know enough about those rosters yet. But if I had to. Going, I mean, Duke at home is always tough, but I got to think MSU is going to be pretty friggin' motivated. And Seton Hall can always sneak we up and get you. We are going to be motivated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've got a bunch of the same guys coming back. They I have no have motivation. Any. I have nothing to prove. Beat them. Beat that we ass. We have everything to prove. Beat that we ass. We have everything to prove. Next. You got to maintain that mentality, otherwise you lose it. Look, they do have Trey Jones returning. That's about it. Listen, man, they got Vernon Carey. We can't trash Vernon Carey until the week of the game. Wait, is Delorier alive to play in this game? His if he's his physically maybe, but his, his soul has been gone his ever since Xavier Tillman uh, took it. Um, man, Matt McQuaid. Yeah, oh. people forget. People forget. Loser of the offseason, Javon Delorier. I don't think he's still there though. By the way, and if he is, he's forty-seven years old. A possibility. So um, good prop bet. Yeah, that was solid. All right, this was a this was missed of yeah, this summer. This is a I, regrettable miss because it is just so far in a wheelhouse. I had this is literally written. We almost wrote it. Yeah. Is, so, you wouldn't have believed it if we wrote it. In the things you hate to see category, um, our friends Rutger, mm-hmm. they they sincerely had a on the verge of what would have been a competitive Big Ten basketball team. Yes. Season, okay? I mean that sincerely. I agree. Unfortunately for them, this summer, about a month ago, their best player, Amorier, who was considered to be an NBA prospect mm-hmm. and potential dark horse big all big 10 player this year decided to abruptly transfer um in the middle of the night 
And not only did he transfer in the middle of the night to Oregon, in his farewell note, um, posted via Twitter or Instagram, because he didn't have the courtesy to even tell his school, <laughs> he, he spelled Steve Pickiel's name wrong when thanking him for leaving. Less than, And this happened less than 12 hours after Rutgers had announced officially that they had ske- successfully scheduled a non-con game in Toronto, where Amorie is from. So there's a lot of logistics that had to take yeah. place so that the senior who the two B senior captain Amorier could play a home game. <laughs> so now they're playing in Toronto in front of nobody. For no reason. For no reason at all now. <laughs> Amorier leaves in the middle of the night. They now, as you would say in the Waterboy, we suck again. We suck again. Yeah, so this timeline is just so good. Like transfers. Doesn't doesn't tell his school. Nope. Transfers to a school almost literally as far away from his current school as possible. I don't even believe he was recruited by them. Okay. <laughs> it's not clear whether they accepted his commitment or not. They're but, like, uh Yeah. I guess. I think then doesn't tell the school, posts the note to Twitter, spells his coach's name wrong mm-hmm. all hours after the school went so far out of its way For him. to accommodate him as a senior and get a game. In his hometown. I will say... There are like passports that's that had like, to be done. There's like seven steps of embarrassing things. They there. had to get everyone's passports right. squared away. It's great. That's a- I-, I love it. It's it's just only Rutgers. And I will say, I think Amari's brother is playing for Oregon. Like got recruited there or something. So like that's something, I guess. Okay. But like, you know, maybe be a grad transfer. Or, mm-hmm. you know... No, dude, say would you say one more minute in Piscataway than you had to? Listen, if you already made the conscious decision had for, a to offer. go there for four years. He had a better offer. Keyword offer. Offer. Oregon. Bag. Oh. There it is. Mm. Okay. Hey, Gino, I get it. I wish Oregon would at least do us the courtesy of like, if you're going to give someone a bag, like just be a little yeah. more discreet about it. Right. Like, be like, hey dude give it a week maybe <laughs> maybe float something out to yeah, the press exactly. but you know what in, in nike's defense so like it's rutgers what are you dude? gonna do cares? tell someone i dare yeah, you tell somebody because people will nerd de- people will definitely care about your basketball people program. get really mad so man so there you go That's things a, you hate to see yeah, this you, week you just you hate to see it you th- they just can't they come up with new ways yeah this is a truly inventive way to stand out at a sport that you just don't just fold. Just fold. Just fold all of it. No one misses it. Nobody's going to miss it. Wow. Or just go, like, listen, UConn's going back to the Big East. Rutgers should go back to the ACC. ACC? Where were they? Big East. Mountain West. I don't care. Go no ahead. Don't want just go away. This is a situation where somebody would run away from home and literally no one will take them in. Not even the orphanage. <laughs> It's like, no, yeah. we don't want You're you. You're toxic. Go away. So, all right, enough Rutgers bashing for now. There will be plenty of that yeah. later. Once we get Next to week. our, well, once we get to game week with them, mm. when we have oh, our, yes. we submit our new. Way to uh, tease. Yeah, we'll get to that. Teasing a good segment. Um, but we wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, Football. Michigan State specifically. Well. So let's talk, let's do the position groups. Let's give everyone okay. a little dose of. Um, MSU first. MSU here. All right. And this week is linebackers. If you're new to the pod, um, we're previewing a different um, position group weekly. A um, few pods back, we've done a couple already. O-line, then we did secondary, 
Landed on linebackers this week. Yeah, so we're staying on the defense. Um, Take it away. So if I'm going to sum it up in one word, it's uh, excellent. I like this it. should be an excellent group. That's the, that's all the analysis. Let's move on. This makes um, me feel no. good. <laughs> so uh, the the linebacking group is has traditionally been a, a huge position of strength for for MSU. Um, you know, go back through the lineage of Mark D'Antonio's time. You've got the Greg Joneses, the Max Bullos, um, Riley Bullough. You've got tons of uh, I mean stars uh, up and down the the linebacking core. Um, and I don't think it's a stretch to say that middle linebacker Joe Bocci has a chance, a chance, like a like a pretty good chance to end up as the best to ever do it at Michigan State. I, I, I really believe that. Okay. Um, now, it's going to be difficult. I will, I will say you'll, you'll always get opposition to this because of, yes, his personal career record, totally understood, and also the fact that Greg Jones was like a two-time first-team All-American. Helps. All of that being said, Joe Bocci, pound for pound, uh, as just a player, maybe not the accolades matching up, is going to be as good as you've, you'll you'll ever have had. He has the mental ability of a Max Bulla, who you know was always described as basically a supercomputer on defense. He's physically probably he's not as big as Bulla, but he is a big boy, uh, sideline to sideline, knows this defense inside and out. Third year starter, captain, um, you know, is is everything you could ask for in mm-hmm. just a player on your team. I mean, he plays the most important position on the defense. Um, is is kind of the 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 ideal. Um, so when your group starts there, that's awesome. Like that's a, it's about as good a place as you're going to get to start. Um, what gets interesting, and where I think there's you know some potential room for an uptick in play from last year, where you had some very good linebackers. Tyreek Thompson is returning as a redshirt senior. He played a lot last year. Was a starter for for most of the season. Um, he brings a like a big thump. That dude can hit. He had a couple last year that were Which, left some noise on man, the field. How, there were he specifically is probably the hardest hitter, at least if what we've seen in game footage. Yeah. Which game was it where he hit someone so hard? I know exactly what you're talking about. It was an about. interception. Because it like bounced yes, up on his butt. Yes, and he caught it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what game that happened, and that's disappointing. It was pretty incredible. It was probably a game we lost, so I've tried to black it out. Hey, man, don't say that. It hurts. Um, but either way, he is. It brings an absolute thunder. Uh, big hitter. Don't want to go across the middle against him. Struggles a little bit more in coverage as he's just like a bigger dude. But um, love to have a heavy hitter like that. And at his same position, there's another really interesting and versatile piece in Brandon Boyer-Randall. You saw him kind of come around last year, uh, emerge as more of a third-down pass-rushing type of threat. That's not Thompson's game, so to have that versatile piece to go with him is uh, going to be really interesting. Randall is now a junior, uh, got a you know decent amount of experience under his belt now. He was bounced around positionally, especially early in his career, from defensive end to outside linebacker. Found that role, like I said, last year. Really nice piece to have. The exciting part to me, is the new starter uh, replacing uh, the graduated Andrew Dowell, um, and that's Antoine Simmons. Now, to, to give Dowell his credit, dude was a three-year starter, stud, yeah. um, really good in coverage, had some outstanding plays. You, you never want to lose a guy like that. Like Losing that player is never something to be celebrated. But when you get to replace him with Antoine Simmons, that is, I think there's potential, and I don't say this to disgrace Dowell at all. It's nothing about him. I think Simmons has potential to be an outstanding potential upgrade at linebacker. If you remember, 
it, go back and look up his highlights if you can on YouTube or something because number 34 popped off the screen all the time at his position. Dude hits, he runs. He was recruited uh, He was recruited as a running back by a lot of schools uh, out of, I believe, Ann Arbor Pioneer. Um, and he, this dude has a really versatile skill set. And at that pos- position especially, one of the things that Dow did so well is he could run and get to where he needed to get to. But physically, he was never the biggest uh, or strongest guy. Simmons is essentially the same athlete, but bigger and stronger. And man, does he pop. Um, so I think you have a chance for three, the, the starting three linebackers to be, to be outstanding. And, and Boyer Randall brings you uh, a really exciting element that, you know, you, you haven't always had at Michigan state. Um, there are some other names to, to keep an eye out for, um, especially I would say, well, let's get into the, let's get into the other questions here. So each week, if you're new, we go through, make sure we answer three questions. So we'll knock these out for you. The first one is take it away. Yeah, it's a position battle that intrigues me the most. Uh, I'm going to stick with Thompson and Boyer Randall. Um, I don't really look at, I don't think, honestly, I don't think there's a competition for any of the starting roles. Um, Simmons is clearly the best at, at his position. Bocce is obviously the, he's going to play every down if he can. And then I think Thompson has a step on Boyer Randall because of his experience and, and ability to probably play first and second down, third down. I think you'll see a little more mix and match. I will say that I think that how they mix and match these linebackers and sometimes drop a guy like Kenny Willick is back to kind of play a stand-up linebacker. That's the really interesting part of this position group to me. They did a lot more of it last year when Mike Tressel truly got the reins to the defense. A lot more like two-down linemen uh, with some kind of standing up, mixing and milling around like five linebackers, sort of five guys standing up. You saw a lot of different looks, and I would expect to see a lot of a, a similar type thing where, you, like I said, you might see Willikus with his hand up. You might see Boyer, Boyer Randall with his hand down. Um, Simmons, too. I wouldn't – I mean, that's the exciting part to me is the just the amount of experience and versatility that's going to allow this defensive front seven to have. And, you know, it's, it's funny. You think about it. You think about the three-down linemen, even really four guys, and you have a hard time justifying who you're going to pull off the field between – Raekwon, Naquan, Mike Panashuk, and, and Willikis. But this linebacking group does give you the ability to just go three down linemen and bring a lot of different looks uh, off the edge and, and, and keep offenses guessing. In college football today, it's like offenses dictate so much of what's going on. I think this front seven, when you consider the linebackers and the defensive line, have a chance to actually dictate a lot of the things going the other way because mm-hmm. you just can't do certain things against them. And when they know what you're going to do, Mike Trussell is a good enough defensive coordinator that he's going to deploy his guys in the right way to, to do some exciting stuff. So it's not necessarily a position battle because I don't really think there's one to be had right now um, unless Boyer Randall just freaks out in the fall. But uh, the versatility is the most exciting part for me. Well, and Boyer Randall has, in his limited action, we've seen him be uh, leveraged. When he's on the field, he's blitzing. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and, you know, the, even all, uh, opposing offenses figured that out and it didn't matter. Yeah, right. I mean, like he, he's just he's a specialist. Now is it a matter of can he expand his game mm-hmm. to be beyond just a heat seeking missile? The beautiful thing now is if you have to account for him and you know he's on the field and he's blitzing, then that means you've got to dedicate resources to protecting your quarterback, which opens up room for any of those defensive linemen we just talked mm-hmm. about, and Joe Bocci and Antoine Simmons. Um and the one time he drops out into coverage that could be the time that just screws everything up. Sure. And, and on top of that, so much speed. Like every one of these guys, with the possible exception of Thompson, is a 
above average speed guy. Um, so it's, it's an exciting group. Yeah. And so, you know, the defensive line and we haven't previewed them yet, but they, they headlined the video game stats that the D- MSU defense put out last year. Um, you know, holding teams to 78 yards per game, 2.6 yards per carry. It's amazing. That's on the linebackers too. And, and you sure. know, I'm just not sure they got as enough, uh, as much credit maybe. And they both should deserve the credit because I mean, these guys cleaned up everything mm-hmm. behind and, and no, and that's not discrediting the defensive line. It's no. just, a, it's both. I think that kind of leads into this next one here, which is what scares you the most. And to me, it is the lack of, Joe Bocci having a surefire backup and what would happen if, God forbid, he goes down with an injury for an extended period of time. Like you were just saying, the defensive line deserves so much of the credit because they're just such a talented, versatile group. They're well-coached. They're the It's just that right mindset. They're killers. Uh, two years in a row being one of the top three defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. Joe Bocci deserves just as much credit, exactly. if not more than everybody else because he's yep. the one, like we said earlier, he's the quarterback Diagnosing. on the defense. He's putting guys where they need to be, moving them around. Um, and what scares me the most is if you, you're still keeping a ton of talent on the field, if he's the only one that gets knocked out of there, but you are losing so much experience and so much natural talent Mm -hmm. and probably a level of confidence, um, that that's when things get scary. Like, I think you look up and down this defense and I think last year you looked at it and really saw a ton of top level talent. And we talked about that as, as on, on offense too. We talked about the really last year when we were previewing the team, we were saying, Top level, this is a very good team. They get hurt, trouble crops up. They got hurt, trouble cropped up. If I think at most positions this year, that's not necessarily the same. I think it's a much deeper, more experienced team because of the what they had to go through last year as a just as an entire roster. But one position that that is not is behind Joe Bocci. And as long as he's on the on the field, you gotta feel pretty good. But he goes down and and you're talking about maybe a redshirt freshman and Edward Warner taking over you're talking about either that or you're moving Tyreek Thompson to the middle or Antoine Simmons to the middle and while those guys again super talented lots of experience they it's not the same position so that would be the thing that that really scares me the most well the goal here you know can't control injuries um Ed Warner gets a lot of spot duty and then next year as will be his third year in the program yeah and you're ready to Hand over the reins, and you just kind of hope it, there's a huge drop off. I mean, the the good news about that, and you know, hopefully we don't have to really concern ourselves with that until a year from now. But is that that position traditionally is three? Studly. It's a three. Well, it's a three year position in yep. MSU too. I mean, the last guys to start were, but yeah, I mean, Max was three years. I think Riley was three years as starter at a linebacker. I think only two were in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Bocce's going on his third year. Um, Greg Jones, I think, started for three or maybe four years. I mean, it, it is typically a longer-term type of position. So while it's scary to bring a, somebody in to replace Joe Bocci, it was scary to bring somebody in to replace Greg Jones, Max Bulla, Riley Bulla. Like, mm-hmm. So Edward Warner, while I'm sure he'll get duty, clean-up duty for sure because you're going to need it, um, That that's a little concerning. So let's talk about incoming freshmen you're most excited about. Yeah. So this one I had to cheat a little bit too because really 
true freshman wise, not expecting a ton of contributions right off the bat from the true freshman. Uh, there were three in last year's class, and that was uh, Luke Fulton, 6'3", linebacker out of Youngstown, Ohio. Always love getting a linebacker out of Youngstown, Ohio. There you go. Uh, Marcel Lewis, uh, linebacker, 6'2", 220, linebacker. More on that Andrew Dowell model uh, coming out of Clinton Township. And then Tate Halleck. Uh, he is listed at 6'3", 185. Um, would not surprise me to see him get moved, uh, honestly, back to, to safety at some point. So between the three of them, if I had to get most excited about one, I'll probably say Luke Fulton. He's in that typical MSU build. He's from Youngstown. You know, if one guy's going to pop through, I would expect it to be him. But, but there are two other guys that are redshirt freshmen who I think have a chance because of the inexperience of the backups at the star and the mic position, uh, have a chance to really make an impact. And that is uh, Chase Klein, who is um, probably the likely backup at the star. I think he was one of our four-star recruits from two years ago. A um, little bit of noise about him playing some defensive line too, uh, but wouldn't be surprised to see him him get a little tick. And then there's Jeslord Botang. First of all, wow. Yeah. Just wow. Shouts out. What a name. Shouts out to the Botang family. First of all, for having a dope last name. Nailed it. And then on top of that, Jez Lord. Like, I just need to know the story. So if somebody knows the story, please let me know what it is because it's fantastic. Um, he checks in at at last check, 6'1", 222 out of Dublin, Ohio. Um, was one of the guys that really popped in, in the spring game. Um, you heard a lot about him when it came to, like, bowl practice and, and things of that nature. He really pops – with his, uh, you know, with his athleticism, he did leave the spring game, but it turned out his injury wasn't that bad. But he, he's, he's kind of in the again in that Boyer Randall mold in that he's just an athlete right now. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's just an athlete, uh, and right now he is going to get the probably get the chance to start um, the fall as the number one player at his position only because Antoine Simmons is probably getting held out as a precaution. He had a couple bang ups towards the end of last year and towards the summer. So Boateng's going to get a chance. I mean, he and Klein are both going to get chances here, but Boateng has the athleticism to fill in at that position uh, pretty well and possibly just become another like Boyer Randall pass rush specialist. So uh, I'd probably go with Boateng as my most exciting guy, but I think Chase Klein's got a chance just because he's just fits that typical model. Well, and Klein, uh, back to the spring game, you mentioned he had eight tackles filling in there, led the team. So clearly had a pretty good feel for what was going on in that, yep. in, in that moment. He sees the opportunity. I mean, you're going to be without, you're losing two thirds of your line next year and Thompson and, and, or not line, but your linebackers and Thompson and Bocce. And so there's plenty of time to be had a year from now. And, and both of these guys would be smart to take advantage of it. So, um, I'm going to quickly, uh, as re- I want to give a top line of these linebackers because these guys are, as you stated, with Joe Bocci, one of the best position units, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. Um, Pick 6 Previews, which is a, a preview site that we, we've we um, scoured, and it has ranked the number one site over the last seven years as far as predicting um, throughout the season, as far as where teams play out and All-Americans, etc. Um, they had five Big Ten they rank by unit. They had five in their Big Ten linebacking units in their top 15. So, um, with Michigan State leading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best in the Big Ten. Um, Northwestern's actually number two. Uh, Penn State, number three. Michigan, fourth. And Ohio State, fifth. Northwestern carried by Patty Fisher, yep. who's another All-American candidate. Really good. But Michigan State, um, 
you know, not only number one in the Big Ten, but number three in the nation. And yes. This, and that's that's incredible. It's a really good group. I mean, like, it, th- this should be once again – I mean, I we'll get into a defensive line uh, actually next week. Um, it has the chance to be, like, a very special group. And, and, and Joe Bocci, again, I, it's hard to ask for a better player on defense, yeah, I mean, let alone when position. When you're, tra- when you're behind – Alabama and Miami. One is duh. Yeah. Obviously. And the other is just athlete. I mean, right. five star athlete. You know, like, so, the, and this is just a group of guys. None of them really, you mentioned a couple four stars in there. I mean, Joe Bocci is the, one of the latest cases as a two star guy. I mean, just between him and Kenny Willekes, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's unbelievable that you keep looking at these defenses and, and like, this isn't a coincidence. Like this keeps happening all the time. Yeah, man. Uh, so it's it's cool to have it happen again and have these guys team up. Feeling confident about this position as, group. A as little you more should. A little more than we did about uh, secondary, but they're not so bad. Uh, well, I mean, look, yeah, again, comparatively. Comparatively, yes, team it's, loses definitely loses less. But we haven't. This is an elite. Right. Unit, so You're talking. You could be talking about three top ten in the nation. Yeah. Position groups. So. Absolutely. So you know, Michigan State takes up. Uh, a lot of our time, but there's so much other delicious things to eat in the uh, buffet. Mm, of that college is college football. football. And I'd be remiss not to watch other awesomeness. So Austin and I traditionally pick a few other teams to that we don't really watch, but like pretend to like yeah. just to keep things interesting. Maybe throw a few, uh, through a few bones on each one. I don't know. It's I wouldn't, I would never, I not would never you. literal bones. So, <laughs> So bones are their money. <laughs> so uh, we we decided to pick a power five team and a group of five teams to follow. I encourage you to do it as well. It just makes the makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, and that way you get teams at uh, different times of every day. Exactly, which leads us to oh, we'll get we'll save them for last. Your group of five team. Uh, we'll start there. I mean, I'll go first because yours is actually pretty great. I, I went. Hell with, yeah. I went with Memphis. If only because they're on the up. Um, Penny Hardaway. Now, yeah. I don't care Doesn't if it's matter. basketball. Don't correct him. Shouts out. Uh, I love their helmets. I love the old school Memphis State mm-hmm. unis. Um, Derek Rose, now a Piston, so naturally you're becoming a Memphis fan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Get mad. Sue hey, me. I, I love Memphis. I wouldn't do it. I would hold, never do it. Hold them tigers, I will as they say, say. I will say the only thing about Memphis and this is this is far too factually based, but uh, Daryl Henderson, their running back, was really good. There you go. And he's gone. Oh. So uh, that's something. But, yeah, I, yeah, for the uniforms alone, I think this is a good choice. Thank you. And Paxton Lynch went there, so I'm out. Oh, wait a second. He won me a ton of money when they beat Ole Miss. Okay, fair enough. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. Never mind. All right, so who's your group of five team? Mine is uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. The Houston Cougars. Mm. Um, now, they did lose Ed Oliver, top mm. 10 pick in the NFL draft. Coming off a tough bowl game. If Coming I off. We talked about it last week. Wasn't great. <laughs> what was the score? Like it was like 70 to 13 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, so they made changes. Prime bounce that. back candidate. Yes. Uh, their head coach is gone. Replaced with uh, Dana Holgerson. The whole go. You may... Last seen chugging Red Bull somewhere in West Virginia. I just don't know how you can't support whatever team he he is in front of. Like, 
I was gonna like you. I'm glad when he left West Virginia because it felt inevitable that he didn't go somewhere like clean and Mm-mm. like Mm-mm. you know some program with like really high moral standards. He like, fit he, in so well with West Virginia. It, he embodied West Virginia, but now he gets to go to Houston. Yeah, where he gets to recruit Texas oh, and recruit and just appeal to all those insane people. Yep, uh, it's beautiful. It really. is such a perfect marriage. I'm I'm very excited. He's getting paid, paid. I, I gotta to. ask, and I'm, I seriously can't think of one. I've been trying this while you've been talking. Can you think of another head coach who was not forced out that chose to go Power Five to Group of Five? Power Five to Group of Five. Yeah, like Ooh. not forced out. Like was like. This is a better career move for me, which he did. Uh, he absolutely did. Um, Houston paid that man his money. Yeah, no. Write us if you guys. Where can was think where? Of uh, no, because Tom Herman was offensive coordinator. No man. Yeah. I, wow. I, I cannot think of. Well, that. he's. I mean, the other thing is that I cannot imagine with all the conference realignment that gets done every other year, Houston can't possibly be long for the power of the group you know, five. You know what's crazy? Who gets dropped? Maybe West Virginia. Add, Ooh, add Houston, wow. Houston to the Big Twelve. Geographically, or, it helps. Yeah. Well, I would also. Well, I think they'll just keep adding, and it'll end up in four or five mega conferences, Maybe. probably four. But um, I'm just in it for the whole go ride. I love his offense is always so much fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. they're going to score a thousand points, and they're going to give up a thousand and one. But it's going to be a blast. fun. So yep. they're my squad. Go Cougs. Well, they'll take on my Memphis Tigers, I believe. They're both in the AAC. AAC. Whoa. Can't wait. Let's go. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. So you give your power five because I, I'm i not loving yours. Okay. My power five team, and I'm a little upset that we – not a little upset. It, it It's a bummer because we waited a week because we actually picked these teams last week. We did. To let people be on the curtain right before the first fall practice of Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. which is my team. <laughs> Should have – really could have done that more smoothly. Georgia Tech's my squad. I found out two weeks ago that they hired someone that's not Paul Johnson. Correct. So they're not running the triple option for the first time in ever. ever. Yeah. Since so, Calvin Johnson was since, there. No, they didn't. They definitely ran the triple option while Calvin Johnson was there. They what just had him. Day. Yeah. Reggie Ball. Don't get me started. Uh, they had him, Demarius Thomas. It's unbelievable the receivers they've put in the league, despite not throwing With the ball. With a total to, of eight catches to throwing in their the career. It's, it's remarkable. But now they hired uh, the coach from Temple, sure, who has actually been pretty successful over the last five to ten years. Done a good job recruiting Philly, um, and they're bringing him down to run a spread offense. First of all, I'm in. I, this is a get in early pick. I am in early because <laughs> it is going to be horrible. I am below the basement. I am the literal foundation of this fan base right now. It's tough. Like. They dug the big dirt hole, and uh-huh. I am the first layer of cement. Buddy, you know who they open at? Y- yes. They open at Clemson. Who's to say <laughs> whether this is a good idea or not? I'm not here to throw stones. They are 34-point dogs. And you know what? Clemson I'll take Clemson. Cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, what I think is really cool about it, though, is that they're bringing in a coach. Like Paul Johnson, for, for what he did, was just a, like a hysterical figure there but like they're in atlanta like gotta embrace that georgia football like georgia high school football is one of the most talent rich areas in the country right next to florida another place you can dip into and atlanta has such an awesome culture like that to have a coach tap into that 
Like he's tweeting from Waffle House. He's congratulating Big Boy on the Super Bowl halftime show. He's, he's got a hat, a visor now. Yeah, four oh five. That's the coolest thing ever. Like to but and and I know it will always be more difficult. Like they face institutional challenges because it's a really good school, and like you're always gonna have to pull some strings to get people in there. But like, I, I think it's really cool that someone's going there doing something different, and that's going to like possibly own the city. Here's a take, Georgia. Better get while the getting's good. I mean, because I, I'm just saying, having another guy in your backyard. I, I think, know, I know Georgia ahead. is is recruiting nationally now. I, I get that, but they have not had to deal with a real re- recruiting rival in state like in yeah. forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Georgia's at the point where they're kind of like Ohio State, where exactly. you can just you just go national and exactly. take the best players, but. Georgia Tech, I feel like that was always a missed opportunity. They've got the chance now to, to siphon off a lot of that second level and maybe even some of the first level talent. Over or under four wins. Oh, God, that's not fair. Uh, I'm going to say over. Let's go. I don't know their schedule. Doesn't matter. And I don't know any of the players on their team. Don't worry about it. Tough, for, tough, tough opener. Not going to lie. 0 oh, 1. Yeah, I can, I'll give you that one. Okay. We know one loss. All right, mine, I'm going to go with uh, Missouri. Okay. Um, here's why. They are, they're basically like if Indiana was Team Chaos. Yeah. They're Team Chaos, but with more points <laughs> and less defense. Now, wow. Grant, yeah, well, Indiana actually, they've, they've stiffened up on D in the last year. But uh, Missouri, feeling good. They've produced some high-flying O in the past couple of years. But now they have another Clemson transfer yep. um, coming in. Um, five, he's a five star. He's a big Kelly, recruit. Kelly, Kelly Bryant. He's a five star. Yeah, he he's gonna be their starting quarterback. Hey, there's gonna be a lot of hype. I'm gonna go on record that they will be undefeated heading into the month of November. That's such a bold take. We went through this. This is such a bold take. Do should I let everyone? Yeah, know they go play? ahead. I just I uh, yeah. I don't know. It's not insane. Go Tech. Rambling, no, wreck. rambling wreck, baby. They're really going to personify that name this year. They have a really Georgia Tech has the best fight song. You should listen to it. Okay, so here is Missouri's schedule at Wyoming. Not scared. Josh Allen. I, I forget. I do. People forget that he's coming back. Yeah. To play for Wyoming. Then a home game against West Virginia. Very not scared of West Virginia mm, this year. R.I.P. Holgo. Yeah. Southeast Missouri State out. Home against home game South Carolina, not scared. Uh, okay, not scared. Home game against Troy, should be scared. I mean, come on, are you? I'm not seeing a like a even a fifty fifty yet. Go ahead, I see several. Home game Ole Miss, they're bad, probably, super probably. bad. October nineteenth at Vanderbilt, super bad, not good. Now we're to October twenty sixth at Kentucky, the first game. That I'm actually nervous, and it's Kentucky. Uh, I got my Heisman winning, or at least not winning. My Heisman candidate all. quarterback. High, high on Kelly Bryant. A lot high, of high on Kelly. Let's Bryant. go! And it wow. all comes crashing down because then they'll play at Georgia, then Florida. That neither good. Neither good games. Yeah, they're, they're going to lose those games. No, I think the one you're overlooking here is South Carolina. South Carolina is better than you think. I, I'll go on maybe. Yeah, I think I think definitely. 
I, I will say this. Missouri is not competent enough to get through that schedule no. unscathed. But I like the take the, the heat of the take. Thanks, man. I'm trying. Okay. But like the other one I'm overlooking, Troy. Yeah. Yeah, they're not bad. Well, they have every guy that's ever transferred from Alabama, so. It's important. All right, so those are our Power 5 teams, but we'd be remiss not to have our goofy teams. Yes. If you didn't think those were goofy, the goofiest more. are in the Pac-12. And let's touch on the Pac-12. Pac-12, uh, before we get into it, uh, typically, you know, the hashtag is Pac-12 after dark because mm-hmm. the games play real late. If you hang out with us into the wee hours on Saturdays. We'll be there. And sometimes Friday nights later in the season. Why not? It's it's nutso. It's fantastic. It, it's it's so, so good. It's such a good brand, and they're considering altering some of it. The Pac-12 reportedly is strongly considering adding 9 a.m. start times. Big yikes. 9 a.m. just to compete with the middle window uh, on the East Coast. And you know why, though, too? Because it's so hot in the southern part, like Arizona, and they, they can't play at, like, noon. Mm, that's a good point. So it's got to be so nighttime. The, it, it's interesting that, right, that they truly, like... They have to play. At they night. have to play at yeah at night or early. Or, or I just think it's kind of crazy, like a nine a.m. start time. That that and also you can't expect teams to go on the road and play your teams when you're starting at nine a.m. Like, but if they're league games, you have to league games. Like, I that's I know, what they're talking I, about. But they own such a good brand. They have such a good. But I guess I mean it it's would open things up for recruiting. I think they will try it. It's well, just a matter it, of time. Here's the thing, Austin, and here's why they're even floating it. I don't think it's going to happen. The reason they're floating it is that you and me are watching those games. Yes. The Correct. average viewer is not up on the East Coast watching that team play until literally 2 a.m. Yeah. That, no, it's a fair point. I mean, I, I get it, and I'm sure it would be the biggest brands doing it. I just think you'll, it'll be very interesting to watch it be a bad product. Floor. Yeah, that's the problem. Is they'll actually start their days like before 5 a.m. Yeah, no. It's tough. Okay, so we each took a team from the Pac-12 mm-hmm. because it's fun. I'm going Utah. I think Utah's stacked. I think that they – the Pac-12 is so funny because you're always going to have one team that's like, they could get the playoff bid. And, you know, right. and it's like they should, I guess, because they're only five power conference teams. So, like, right. who else? Whoever won it has a – Probably pretty, has a pretty good, and in, at least a claim. It's them or someone else. Because right. SEC, definitely. ACC, defer- definitely. Big Ten, definitely. Unless I mean, something crazy in, happens. In all, le- yeah, like those are, well, I think the winner of any of any major conference, any of the Power Fives, has like a very real claim yeah. every year. So, it, But the problem is, is no one gets to see the Pac-12 play. Right. Yeah, no, and we're fair. like, are they good? Uh, but yeah, so Utah's my squad just because they have been a model of consistency. Yeah. I mean, year in and year out, they're like a better version of Iowa. Mm. Teasing nice. something. We're almost there. But but seriously, like Utah is just across the board good. And they have the best defensive line in the country. Yeah, I mean that if you want to start at one place on a uh on a fo- college football team, defensive line is is right up there, if not at the top. So And a damn good running back. I respect that. I respect that. So, um, how about you? I'm going back to the well. Staying on brand here. Going back to Oregon. Well, wait a second. Last year, if you recall, if you've been with us for a year, you went, you went with Pac-12 After Dark Arizona. I did. That was stinky. Yikes. Khalil Tate. <laughs> Folks. Yeah, that one, ba- <laughs> that one backfired on me. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to break my, like, wean myself off of Arizona as a program. Well, you're be- Sean Miller's trying to help. Oregon's your other... 
drug. My other one, yeah, I can't help myself. And you know what's nuts is you actually um, were one of the few people in the country who watched the entire last game Oregon played. And you're still high on it. I am. A 7-6 win. It was terribly depressing, as everybody knows. For both the Oregon slap and me, and especially the Michigan State fan, um, I... I'm going with the quarterback. I'm trusting the quarterback. Justin Herbert is actually very good. Could be a first overall I still think, I I mean, I think he would have been a top 10 pick this year. I think he will be a top 10 pick next year, assuming he doesn't completely flame out. The thing is, they don't, the reason why I don't let the Michigan State game bother me that much is they're not going to play a defense that good this entire year. I don't, I'm sure they play Utah at some point. I I know they do. Yeah. So like, that's one. That's it. Okay. Maybe that. Go That's, eleven and one and win and win the Pac twelve, yeah, like yeah. I I look at that team and they're bringing a ton back. They really didn't lose much of anything, from what I understand. I'm not a huge Oregon fan, so I'm, I may be misinterpreting that. But you, when you bring back a quarterback like that, it's like when Connor Cook came back. I mean, like it it does so much for the consistency and confidence in your in your program. Um, they're always going to have talent at the skill positions. I know they still do. Uh, I know they've got that big offensive line still. Um, defensively, I'm sh- I, I mean, that's where the, the struggle happens. But I'm going back to the well because, A, I like rooting for them. B, I trust Justin Herbert. And I don't really see a side. I think Utah's probably the only other team in the Pac-12 that I look at and I'm like, oh, that team's, like, going to compete. So Washington. This is your Washington's other the other one. This is your other. Washington's the only other one that I looked at and considered because while I know they lost their quarterback who was like a four-year starter there, they did get Georgia transfer Jacob Eason who was like the number one quarterback in his class and lost to Jake Fromm because he got hurt. Um, but was Who's a stud? Who's it's a fine. Dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not going to argue with Jake Fromm being your starter. but um, So we're going to find out really good. quick about Oregon because they start the year against Auburn. In it, where is it? Neutral site, I Neutral assume. Site. So you'll that's find a big out. one. Yeah, find out. Auburn loves scheduling those Pac-12 teams in the opener, huh? It's not a bad idea. It's not. I agree. So those are our Pac-12 after dark. Um, I encourage you guys to pick your teams. Let us know who you pick and why. Uh, we can be bought. I have no allegiance to any of these teams. None, <laughs> so. except Georgia Tech. I gotta, I gotta be the rambling wreck. I have to be on the ground floor. I'm the, I'm the cement that's holding this whole thing together. It's you're the only fan. All right. So here's our, here's Let's do it. a new segment that we started. Um, if you saw starting, it, starting this week, it's, this is literally you're here. Welcome, the debut. People will lo- look back on this pod as is the the thing. Big moment. It was all there. Big moment. Pop it. Pod history. It's called why this program stinks, and <laughs> and I, we're, what we're doing here is every week. Um, we will take the team Michigan State is playing and go in on them and tell you why they stink. But more importantly, we want to hear from you yes. about why the program stinks. But not just the football program. Everything. Culture. State. People. Mascot. People. Ex-girlfriends. I want to hear Especially why Especially the ex-girlfriends. And boyfriends. And boyfriends. So, um, because we have weeks to lead up to, we had four weeks until kick. We have four... Um, for Big Ten teams that we aren't playing. Correct. So we kicked off with Iowa. Folks, we heard a lot of great content. <sighs> this was fantastic. We throw, we throw it out to the people a lot. You guys really came in force this week. So we're going we're gonna to give our thoughts, and then we're going to dive right into the, the best from the rest of you guys. You? Me? You? I think you, you should you? start. Okay. 
So Iowa. But let's let's just go. This is a free flowing conversation. Okay. All right. In all seriousness, let's just football. Like, yeah. I mean this sincerely. I can't say things about Iowa that haven't already been said about third world countries. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a dump. That place is crap. You're just talking about the state. Uh, the program, the state. <laughs> you, like, what do you want me to say? Listen, in all seriousness, like they their highlight, the thing that everyone an Iowan looks forward to is the state fair. That's the thing. That's yeah. the big thing. And you know what they do that they're really proud of? They take a stick of butter and they deep fry it. And then they eat it. And that's the big thing. That's what you look forward to. That's the number one thing. Outside of that, the other thing you look forward to is going eight and four. Mm. And you pay money in droves to do it. Yeah, you're spending, I think really the crux of this whole thing, if we're talking about Iowa as a football program, is it, <laughs> It it all comes back to Kirk Ferentz. I gotta say this program stinks because it pays more than any program should to be as average as possible. It's like paying ten thousand dollars to get a PC. Like, wh- a, wh- what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's a computer. Hmm. It works, but it's 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 literally just that. You pay you. The way I look at Iowa is they are the very definition of average. And we've said before we've complimented their self-awareness, but it's also just Mm-mm. very sad. Oh, here's a thought. Iowa, super into corn, yes? Loves corn. So, you know, if, if you're unfamiliar, sometimes actually our states make and farmers make too much corn. And so the government will buy it, the surplus, so as to make the market level, okay? The government should also pay Iowa, the football team, to just not play no one would miss it like we will actually buy you we'll pay you the revenue that you would have had just to completely not give us a product yeah or i'm out no one misses it i don't disagree with that well this is one of those games we talked about before it's where if you just sim it and tell me there was a game i don't need to see the highlights i believe you did iowa play maryland does anyone know who's to say does anyone care exactly okay let's talk about kirk friends yes i want to jump in let's do it we got a lot of good content from people specifically, but I want to talk about, we actually gave, we in the past pods talked about how much credit we gave Iowa. Mm-hmm. You got to be, we said, you know, we patted on the back. They're so good. You're self-aware. You know, you, you don't overreach. You know, you, you got to be true to yourself and not pretend that you're something you're not. Right. Yeah. I'm very out on that now. I thought I was in on that. I'm out. Here's why. They bought a, they have a lifetime contract with this man. He's entering his 21st year with Iowa. His coaching tenure can get drunk, and you would have to be drunk to watch this team every year. Okay, <laughs> it's like the University of Iowa and their fans—they've settled. Okay, by buying Ferenc, it's like settling with a six. Like when you get married, yeah, it, it would be like if you settle with a six and you never like really loved her or him. Like you and you, you lust about. You go to bed at night and you think about others. Yeah, and you're like. Well, I, I would love to be with somebody else, but like this is safe. This is good. Yeah, like we bought the home. We've got the kids. We have kids. You know, like we we should probably just stick together. It's best for them. The kids are also ugly and miserable. But <laughs> don't worry about that. I mean, I'm not going to congratulate you for being self aware, because like in this instance, your self awareness is saying I'm very ugly, <laughs> and I have the personality of sharded in pants. <laughs> you don't get points for that. Like oh don't be God. don't be proud of being ugly. Oh, man. That's what you've done. You don't you even you've stopped yourself the ability to even shoot your shot with a ten. 
he'd rather not shoot your shot because it hurts your field goal percentage. Ooh, there it is. There you go. Here's the other thing. You sp- speaking of sharts, they are, there are not one but two terrible programs in the state of Iowa. Oh, Iowa true. People, and Iowa State. People forget. You have two teams that play in a game called El Asico. That's the name. And you're proud of it. And you're proud of it. Because it's the only thing that people pay attention to. It's it's remarkable. Here's another thing. You talked about corn. I did. I was not even the best at corn. <laughs> you're not even the best at corn. What is the it's corn. What's your thing? It's what's your thing if it's not corn? <laughs> you, it you, there is a team in your not only in your same conference, in your same division that's named the Corn Huskers. They're better than you at They're better it. than you at corn. Oh, also. A vegetable. And, You're bad at vegetables. And Iowa State, aforementioned team, they're the agricultural school. <laughs> they are the ones that are producing the corn. What do you do? What do you do? Figure it out. Figure, you had all summer to figure this figure out. Figure it out. What do you do? And you're in the bad division. And you can't even capitalize you can't on that. Win the bad division. That's the part. It's like if you're average in the context of the Big Ten, there, there, you deserve some of this pity credit that we've been giving them. Uh-huh. But you're you're average in the context of dog shit, like a bad division. Like you've won it one time since mm-hmm. in how long? Almost ten years now. Too many. One time, and you scored what is it? Ten points 13. in that bowl game. Thirteen points in that bowl game. Okay. You mean the championship Sweet. game? Yeah. Yeah, oh, think about this. I would go as far to say that Iowa owes Michigan State a thank you. I would agree. We saved them we, we, from playing bad. Yeah, it's a man. When you think about the potential outcome of that game, you saw what happened to us. Look, no qualms. We got run, bun run. And you know what? We had an excuse because our quarterback didn't have a right arm. Your guy would, you would have had no excuses. And the same thing or worse would have happened to you. And You're welcome. You're welcome. That's football. Let's talk about basketball. Oh, we're not. Oh. Because this is where it actually gets bad. Oh. <laughs> like, so we bad. talked about Kurt Ferentz. And, like, Iowa, Iowa you, you said it. Like, there is something to be said for just settling and knowing where you are. The basketball program, basketball in Iowa. They have no context. For some reason, the standards are outrageous. A, there are standards. That in in and of itself is an unbelievable, irredeemably ridiculous concept. Two, like, you boo everything. It's true. Everything. Like, I think if Red Panda ever found her way to Iowa, like, fell out of the plane, (laughs) survived, and was like, might as well do a show here, she would be booed off the floor. They, you know what it is? Is the fans don't understand what's going on. Exactly. And you know, you know what ignorant people do when they don't understand things? They get mad. And they boo. That happens. That's a real thing. And they don't understand what's happening. Yeah. They want to be better but don't get it. And then they just yell. Well, and you have the worst role model of all time in Beaker, Fran McCaffrey. Oh my this God. man, seriously, <laughs> he's Beaker. He looks exactly like him. Beaker didn't even say a word. He literally never said a he word. He sounds like him. He sounds yeah. I, it could you it could be making the same noise, and I would believe that it's him talking. It's really remarkable. This man gets so angry. He's so angry. He wants to throw chairs. But like, I would he, be he, mad too. I would be mad too. But I'd yeah. be mad at myself. I wouldn't take that it's out. True. On the rest. You can't yell. You at put other yourself you in this situation, this, sir. and you consistently, consistently choke. Legit. This, every question. team, every team, every Iowa basketball team starts hot. Completely shits the I, bed. I, I want you to answer this 
to the best of your ability. Who is the best player to ever play at Iowa basketball? Uh, Jared Utoff. Did you hear yourself? Yeah, right. I mean, legitimately... No, I don't know. I know I'm missing somebody. Who, that no, stupid-ass no, center? No, you're missing nobody. Their best player of all time. All time. B.J. Armstrong. Boy, that's bad. B.J. Armstrong. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. It blows. <laughs> Dude. Tough. Sledding. Yeah, it, it's not good. It's not good. And here's... We'll put a bow on it, and then we'll get to the crowd ones, because we had some good ones here. Um, you... Your fans look forward to wrestling. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. At least they know themselves there. Okay, you're good at wrestling. If Do we have to end with a compliment every time? I think we should. Okay. Because it makes up for everything yeah, else we Yeah, you're said. good at wrestling. Thank you. Sleep tight. Let's get to the best of the peanut gallery because we heard some great ones. Just just one-liners. And this this every week we're going to throw this out and be like, hey, we want it. We, we want your one-liners and we're going to read the best ones on the pod. So we're going to read them. Let's let's start. You, let's go every other. You can okay. go first. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the best ones. CT and TC says Fran McCaffrey's middle school assistant principal looking ass. <laughs> he yeah, does. I mean, just absolutely spot on. Doesn't he? You know, yeah. Like, and he gets as mad as one without any of uh, without any of like the authority. Like he really is. He's one of the guys that wishes that hitting kids with rulers was still mm-hmm. a thing. Like he's upset at the softness of America's schools. He goes through a lot of stress balls. Yes. Uh, at Dan Hellpepper. This is a gem. Uh, they throw chairs like Bob Knight, but at best, they win like Bob Knight at Texas Tech. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> rough, rough stuff. Uh, Sparty in the USA says their state slogan is Iowa, Fields of Opportunity, which isn't about their program. Just more people need to know that. <laughs> so I couldn't agree more. Fields. Fields of op- you, know what, you know what opportunity means? It means nothing. It means nothing's, nothing's going there. on. Nothing's happening. Things could be Someone good. could do something here, but currently no one's doing anything. You could be the one. You could. That's it. Uh, BRBJ uh, Armstrong. That's literally every ba- everybody that's bad at something, that's all you have to sell. Could You could be. We don't know. It's, we haven't figured it out. Maybe you can. A lot of opportunity there, that's for sure. At formerly Zanjo says Iowa. Fans think they're Ohio State, but they win like they're Iowa State. Beautiful. Well put. Couldn't have put it better myself. Um, we also have a, uh, a two two more that I we didn't put in the sheet here that I want to get to. Uh, Jameson Draper, Jam Draper, oh, told me that, yeah. shared a great story um, that just kind of wraps it all up. He says, when I went to Indy for the Big 12, Big 10 championship in 2015 i was walking into lucas oil when an incredibly drunk iowa fan started talking trash about msu i politely reminded him that it's not his place to be so boisterous when his team hadn't made a rose bowl since 1991 next tweet (laughs) he scowled asked if i was old enough to understand football i was 18 and i said yes i'm also old enough to know that it's pathetic to be a 45 year old blackout drunk instigating with a teenager (laughs) He tried to throw his natty light at me, but missed and tripped over a traffic cone. I mean, if there's not Iowa, just it just soaked into those tweets. I don't, I don't know what else it's to, so good. To, to say. And well, hey, good on you, calm and collected eighteen year olds. Yeah, I well, can't say the same about myself. Throwing the natty can's good, but the visual of him tripping over the traffic cone uh, is is really pretty fantastic. Mark Vanderhoff says their nickname is a piece of a bird, but their mascot is the whole bird. <laughs> It's a great point. <laughs> Wait, and their bird has, does this bird have teeth or is that just Louisville? 
I believe that's just Louisville oh, and man. the Cyclones, but we're not going to dog on non-Big Ten teams right. yet. Okay. Iowa, give your birds some teeth. <laughs> did you have? Did you have? I had one more, and this is from uh, Jobin. Jobin Tui. He says, "There." This is a very old school TOC joke. The running backs managed to anger some sort of vengeful god about ten years ago, and it still seems to be pretty vengeful. If you don't know about angry Iowa running back hating god guys. It was tough. It, it, it's time to research the hashtag because it's worth it. Basically, they made MSU's punter situation last year look enviable. Yeah. That's how many people <laughs> they went through. Quick thing before you get into our, our – we'll, we'll close with. You know how um, different universities have different sponsors? Mm-hmm. Michigan State, Nike School, Gatorade, Verizon, kind of the, the blue chippers, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Iowa is a Powerade school. Also sponsored by U.S. Cellular. (laughs) Two companies that definitely exist. (laughs) Prove it. To their credit. Do they? So I've been told. They're like an Iowa-Maryland football game. It doesn't We'll put it this way. The Chicago White Sox got rid of U.S. Cellular as a sponsor. The White Sox. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. They traded it. Yeah, sorry, Matt. (laughs) They traded it in for a company with a literal red red downward-facing arrow as part of the logo. It got better. And it... Got better. So, All right, uh, hit us with Sarah, yeah, Sarah the, Norris. Sarah Norris deserves – we saved hers for last because it is an absolute doozy. She went in. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> some real stuff here. Uh, the pink visitor's locker room is maybe the most archaic and sexist thing in college football, and that's saying something. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, wow. It's true. <laughs> saying a lot. Uh, uh, one, she, she also listed four other things. I like that I read one before I got to the numbered ones, but here we go. One, their football uniforms are the most blatant ripoff of an NFL teams that I can think of. Yeah, it's basically the Steelers. Uh, two, Kirk Ferentz makes $5 million a year for essentially managing one upset a season. <laughs> Being a little generous there, Sarah, uh, with, the, with the one upset, but still, point taken. Three, just Riley Reef's Lions career. Ooh. That cuts deep. That one hurt. Uh, four, Fran and son of Fran, 4A, Fran's buyout is something like $10 million. And finish it off. <laughs> Finishing off with brought to you by the folks who cooked up the University of Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa. <laughs> that is, it's if there's, it, there's, it's, it can't get better than that. Can't parody parody. You can't. Sometimes you can't. U of I, I C I. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, one last thing is just the buyout, dude. I gotta think that Fran and Kirk have a house. That mm. nobody knows about. Dude, they laugh and, and they laugh. just go there and get hammered and laugh and talk shit and just like, can you believe it? They <laughs> just look morons. at they look at each other. They go from room to room and smoke a <laughs> new cigar in every room and say, can you believe it? And just laugh for like an hour and then you go to another hour in another room and there's 24 rooms. Oh. It's an hour in each room. <laughs> and they're each other. Once a year, they just sit there the night before each of their first games and they just laugh. Do they boo at your games too? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, they yeah. don't know anything. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. guys that was fun um next week and, and that's just number one yeah we got a lot to go next week we're gonna who do you want to go with we got three options. i think we'll do minnesota the gulfs the gulfs start thinking about your content we'll throw it out on twitter yeah also if you don't have twitter um put it in the the only colors comments on, yeah. on the blog comments of the we'll story be- or the soundcloud uh really anywhere we'll uh be reading those more frequently so leave whatever you want there we'll we'll track it down Guys, this has been fun. We're almost there, literally. Yeah, four, four weeks more. away. We got this. We'll get you there. We can do this. Uh, 
All right, guys, as always, follow us on Twitter, ACSmith06, John underscore Kirby, and at The Only Colors. For John, this has been Austin, and we will catch you guys next week. See you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.